welcome back to Tales from the Chan Forest with your hosts, Fox and Sparrow. First off, Happy New Year to everyone. This is going to be a great 2024. Um, I'm hoping that we will be able to do lots and lots of more episodes for you guys. The main thing is that for January, we will once again be doing solo episodes just because we are recovering from the new year and it's very hectic and chaotic trying to get everyone um, all together and trying to organize episodes. So it's a little bit easier for us to do solo episodes. So I hope you will enjoy them. Usually this is the part where Sparrow and I talk about things that we are into this month. And as this month has just started, I don't really have anything I'm into besides eating, cheese, sleeping, and skiing. So not much to share there. I think I will just jump right into our story for today. And this is actually um, from a Christmas book I got from one of my friends. It's called Celtic Weird, Tales of Wicked Folklore and Dark Mythology, edited by Johnny Maines from the British Library. And I will post a picture of this up on our Twitter because it is such a gorgeous book. I'm such a sucker for gold foil and for lettering. And I don't know if it's just me, but I've been seeing a lot of bookbinding videos all over my Instagram. So I've convinced myself it's a new hobby that I should try. So once my wood clamps get in, I'm going to try to see how that's going to work because I love sprayed edges and I love all of the new things that we're doing with books and I would love to do them myself because they're really expensive. So that's just my delusional thought of 2024. So the story is the 1905 The Butterfly's Wedding and this is a Gaelic story by, forgive my pronunciation, Ikane McFadden, but then uh, Johnny Maines put Hector in parentheses after Ikane, so somehow I'm supposed to get Hector from Ikane unless that's a different spelling of it or a different pronunciation. So I chose this story not just because they are three tales from Gaelic that I've never heard before, I've never really seen online, but also because of the way that Johnny Maines describes them and introduces them. He wrote, The following story is, in my opinion, astonishing. I don't think I've ever read anything so out there. And he distills the very essence of Gaelic folklore and imagination into every single word. This is one weird tale. And what better way to start the new year than with a very, very weird tale? So without further ado, here is The Butterfly's Wedding. Long, long before your grandfather's time, when the world was young and the cock spoke Greek, the butterfly thought that he would marry a wife. She must be fair as the primrose in the glens, stately as the fair lady of the hills, and good at housewifery as the ant of the field dyke. He told the fly, but she only crooked her nose and laughed. I'll walk up and down, I'll walk here and there, said the butterfly, till I find my heart's desire. The prayer of the seven gray goats go with you, said the fly. The meeting of the seven foxes and the blessing of the seven fairies be with you. Till you find your heart's desire, I will take a little wink of sleep in the daisy's breast for a year and a day, and then I'll expect to hear news of your wedding. So it was. The butterfly bound a circlet of gold on his left foot. He put three shining cowrie shells in the hollow of his thigh. He spread his speckled wings to the soft, warm wind of evening, and he set out. He set his back to the north and his face to the south, and for seven summer weeks he went without resting, over rivers, over fields, over ridges, over bends and glens and seas, till he came to the green isle, where sun does not set and moon rises not, and where never sound was heard but the sound of the sea and the note of the white swan that sits on a green hillock in its very center. Seven weeks the swan sleeps without waking, but on the seventh Shabbat day she wakes and she utters three notes so sweet that the round world listens and the harper of the hills gives three groans of sorrow for envy. 
the butterfly reached the hill. He flew three times round the swan, he leaned against a glass blade, he put a cowrie under his head and slept. He dreamed that he was in a king's castle where the house beams were of silk thread. The king's daughters danced on them, each with a thuft of sweet herbs in her bosom. He heard the sweetest music that ever ear heard, or heart inspired. Music to wake love and banish fear, music that would wild milk from the yelled cattle. What was this but the song of the awakening swan? The swan raised a silver stalk in her beak, and at once a black cloud came over the face of the sun, and every grass blade on the island began to quiver. This was a flight of seashore birds answering the note of the swan and coming with food and drink to entertain the butterfly. Drink seven celled cups of honey, eat seven fat baps of bread, then tell the cause of your journey, said the swan. The butterfly sneezed and the swan frowned. If it please you, the oyster catcher put snuff in the honey, said the butterfly. The swan whistled and the oyster catcher fell cold and dead. The meal ended and talk began. Said the butterfly, I am the bright sun of the sky and I go from the north lands to the south seeking my heart's desire. She must be fair as the primrose in the glens, good at housewifery as the ant in the field dyke. The swan said that she would sleep for seven weeks till she should get the knowledge of the three worlds. The world whose beginning is memory, the world whose mid-part is memory, and the world whose end is memory. Then she would give him three signs whereby he would find his heart's desire. So it was. The butterfly passed the time in bathing and insulting the rainbow for that it had fewer colors than his wings. On the seventh night, the swan awoke, and she uttered her cry ere a juggler could perform a feat. The butterfly was there, and he stood on one foot and made obstinance. The swan whistled. Instantly, a stone chat came from where they were. Here, said the swan, you have the bird of sharpest eye and keenest ear in the world. He has got lore of the weather from the old man of the moon, knowledge of the earth from the old woman of the night, a.k.a. the owl, and skill of the ocean from the maiden of the sea. He comes and none knows whence. He goes and no man knows whither. He will be to you a guide to your heart's desire. You will fold your wings and sit on the stone chat's back till he lights on a bare gray flag that is before the cottage where lives your heart's desire. Three autumn weeks, the stone chat will go in the nostril of the wind, over rivers, over fields, over ridges, over glens and bends and seas, till he comes to the bounds of the land of calm. The first Saturday thereafter, you shall see five wonders, and then you will know that you are near to the flagstone that lies before the cottage where lives your heart's desire. Thus it was. The butterfly folded his glittering wings, he put three shining carries on the shore in the hollow of his thigh, he sat on the stone chat's back, and that bird flew away. The butterfly's head grew dizzy with the speed of the going. It was as swift as the hunter's arrow, swifter than the spring wind, nimble as the lightning. The stone chat sped eastwards. Three autumn weeks they spent, so, without food or drink or weariness, and then they came to a lock of spring water in the midst of a wood. Such peace and quiet were over that lock that the bees that live in the stars could see their shadows in it. The butterfly knew that this was then the land of the calm. They alighted on a creek in the middle of the lock. They drank their fill of dew and slept. They awoke on the morning of the first Saturday, and no sooner were they awake than they saw a beetle making for the creek, sailing on a cabbage leaf and steering with his foot. Do you see that? said the stone chat. I see what I never saw before, said the butterfly one of the five wonders of the land of calm. They went then to the wood, and at a tree's root they saw a cat shaving a calf herd with the woolen thread. 
See that, said the stone chat. I see what I never saw. One of the five wonders of the land of calm, said the butterfly. They climbed a tree and they faced eastward. What see you, said the stone chat. I see two suns and two moons dancing a reel, and the stars clapping their hands, said the butterfly. They descended and they went on till they came to a green hill. When they came to it, the top rose off the hill, and there were gulls in grey breeches and tartan bonnets, schooling red bees. Another of the wonders of a land of calm, said the butterfly. They were coming back to the creek when they saw a little deserted house at a rock's foot. They set an eye to the window, and there was a cock plaiting a straw rope with the spurs of one foot and playing a whistle with the other foot. He invited them in. He would play them the chicken's lament till food was ready. So it was. The cock gave them food and drink, music and conversation, and at dusk of evening they left. The stone chat set his face to the east and flew. With the speed of his going, he would leave the swift spring wind behind. In the mouth of lateness, he alighted on a smooth gray flag before a cottage, and the butterfly knew that this was the end of his journey. A fence of trees was round the house with apples of gold growing on them, dew milk on the head of each small blade of grass. The windows of the cottage were like a mirror, and thrushes sang music on every bush. They went in, and sitting in a room, they saw the maiden of golden yellow locks, a maid mild as night, beautiful as the sun, faithful as the echo of rocks. Welcome to the butterfly, said the maiden. Great is your travel, long your journey. I dreamed last night that you would come today. The golden circlet that was on the butterfly's foot leaped on the maiden's arm. The cowries leaped and settled themselves in her bosom, and the butterfly knew that this was his heart's desire. He stood on one foot and saluted her and kissed her. The stone trap drank his fill in the breath of the skies. He set his beak to the east and his face to the west and left wind and storm rain behind as he sped over rivers, over fields, over bends and glens to the green isle to tell the swan of the butterfly's journey. The butterfly folded the maiden in his wings and set his face for the daisy where he had let the fly sleep. The fly awoke, she looked on the maid of golden yellow locks and she crooked her nose again at the marvel of her beauty. A wedding was made on a ragweed's top that lasted for a day and a year. Every insect of the plain and every bird of the air was invited. The oyster catcher got drunk and attacked the gulls. They screamed at the curlews. The poet got drunk on snuff and assaulted the sea swallows. The coots piped and the ants danced. When the wedding was over, the butterfly raised his wings and he and his wife left for the cottage at the bounds of the lands of the calm. And if no lie was told me, they are there still. And that, my dear travelers, is the story of the butterfly's wedding. It is, as Johnny Maine says, a weird one. But since it's coming from Gaelic mythology and storytelling, I wouldn't expect anything less. And remember, dear travelers, no matter where you're joining us from, over rivers, over fields, over bends and glens, there's always a place for you in the enchanted forest. Mm-hmm.